0: Welcome guys to the Full 10 Yards podcast, a very special guest today, a guy who, when we recorded last, it was before this season, before the draft, we set some lofty aspirations, we made some very spicy predictions, Uh, but back again is Bengal captain. How are you doing, my friend?
1: I have never been better, who day?
0: Who day, baby. Let's talk about the season you can just let it out, let it out. I know you want to talk about, I want to talk about it too, but I just, I just want pure how you feel in the moment.
1: Oh my God. It's, it's, it's just, it's amazing. It's such a relief. Um, I just, I, I want to, I want to put up so many middle fingers and I've only got two to so many haters out there that, that completely ignored Facts, you know, I, I get it. You, people call me a homer. You know, I, I get it. I, I dress up in a big orange suit and, and, you know, I'm on TV a lot and I, I, I know some executives, players, stuff like that. But that's, that's part of being a fan. But I, I've not shied away from calling out, okay, there have been times our offensive line needed to play better, but it did take that step that we needed, thanks to Pollock. You know, we, we assumed that, uh, you know, hoped it would. And uh, all we needed was just average luck. We had the talent on the team last year. Add, add Chase to that fire. Oh, my gosh. I mean, breaking records his first his rookie year. It's, it's incredible. Everybody was, was all in that that was the dumbest move in the world. And Joey B and Chase prove everybody else outside of Cincinnati wrong. That was the pick the entire time. That was the only way that should have went. And here we are back in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, this is the one time I'm going to toot my own horn a little bit because I told you that was the pick to make. It was the only pick to make. And it, it, it's not just from the fact that he is one of the most electric wide receivers that we've seen come in. Well, I say say, say it a while, but Justin Jefferson came into the league last year, and that's another NFLSU prospect. So – He's come in, been absolutely electric, but that that chemistry him and Joe have, and you could kind of see it like when he had A.J. Green last year, who was still kind of the number one receiver on your team, there were just certain throws that, you know, A.J. would go one way, Joe was putting the ball the other side of him, just those sort of things. Yep. And we've seen from that first touchdown in sync, to the touchdown he hit in the end zone in, I think, your first game against Pittsburgh where Jamar Chase caught it with his fingertips. You know, um, from a guy who supposedly couldn't catch a football or as one, you know, one of those verified accounts said that help your team win some games first. I think he's done that now. Um, I don't think they are ever going to live down that tweet because it gets retweeted almost daily by Bengals fans at this point, especially. Now you're in the playoffs. But how has the atmosphere changed this season in Paul Brown Stadium? Because I was there week one for the Vikings. I was also there later on in the season for the 49ers. And I don't know how the atmosphere was last year, but this year it was electric. The stands were rocking, people were singing. It was just a hell of a good time. So how has the atmosphere in Paul Brown... Stadium changed now that you've got. Well, I mean, not till week thirteen he wasn't healthy, healthy. But now that you've got a healthy Joe Burrow, a uh, 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 Jamar Chase, you've got an improved offensive line. You've got guys like Chidobi, wouzier coming in and making plays. Logan Wilson's been an absolute, you know, a top ten linebacker. So, so how has the energy changed over the year, or or have you guys just got more confident?
1: Yeah, energy's absolutely changed. I think it, it's changed because of the confidence in, in the fan base. You know, obviously, Elizabeth Blackburn deserves a ton of credit. The entire Bengals front office, uh, the social media team, the content that they're pumping out. You know, it, we've got stuff that we can retweet or share and, and be proud of. You know, th- these are our guys, and they are on fire. And, and the, the intensity with, with marketing – Matches that, but on the field, I feel like the the fans are finally getting it, and they they didn't early in the season. You know, you, you've got you've got a lot of Grinches out there who were were more comfortable being grumpy, or you know, ripping out the boo immediately. You know, people talking about Zach Taylor who didn't quite understand what was going on behind the scenes or why something didn't work, and finally you know, Joe Burrow, like you said, a hundred percent healthy. You know, if you look back and you can kind of see that maybe it wasn't a hundred percent until we started seeing him take off of the football, like he did at LSU and, and, and dive for first downs, not being afraid of contact. You know, that's when everybody's like, Oh, that's where it was ever since then. I, I finally see fans in the stands. Now, we've got work to do. You know, uh, Seth Tanner wants that uh, Bengo uh, tattoo. Uh, we got to get him that t- tattoo, 120 decibels uh, on Saturday, at least once. And we can get there. You know, they'll, they'll pan to the stands, and there's, there's some people who are still quiet. You know, just a, just a mild hum would help. But the volume has increased every game. And it's because fans are starting to get it that, you know what, Joe Burrow is never out of a game. Jamar Chase is never out of a game. That defense is never out of a game. 24 points down. You know what? Rack up 41 on them. I don't care. You cannot count this team out. They will come back. And, and the fans are starting to get that. And now a bad play, maybe a bad decision. Somebody disagrees with a play call. I don't hear a peep. And when it's time for us to be loud, we're right back in it. We know it's okay. Down two touchdowns. We knew it was okay. We were not worried one bit. Well, down three against
0: the Jags. You just came out in the second half and scored on every single drive. And you you absolutely stuffed the Jags. They, They couldn't do anything to you. And I've had criticisms of Zach Taylor throughout this season. I've said at points, hey, let Joe Cook. He is the engine that makes this team go. Obviously, he's got fantastic playmakers around him. I mean, you've got the best receiving core in the entire league. I I don't want to hear nobody talk about the Cowboys no more, but you have that incredible receiving talent. And and Joe Mixon is no slouch. That is an incredible running back. But Joe Burrow and the receivers you have on that field – I was saying all season, let him cook. And then those last three, four games of the season. Mike, in, in his last two games, Joe Burrow put up a thousand yards, eight touchdowns, no turnovers.
1: It's insane.
0: And people still doubt him.
1: It's absolutely insane. And, and, and I loved uh, Zach talking about, you know, the, the early turnovers from Burrow. And Zach was never worried because they, they looked at the film and they had discussions and they knew it was never that Joe Burrow was just making horrible decisions. It was never that Joe Burrow couldn't make a throw. It was being off an inch or two. It was a receiver, you know, popping a football up. It was so many different things that had nothing to do with Joe Burrow that he knew. And honestly, you watched him at LSU every snap. You knew. You know, I'd seen enough to know I'm not worried about his, his turnovers. And now when when teams that 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 make a run to the Super Bowl, teams that win the Super Bowl, they get hot at the end of the year. Joe Burrow's hot. Jamar Chase is hot. T Higgins is hot. The defense is hot. This whole team is on fire. We can make a run.
0: Yeah, it, it's an unbelievable team and unbelievably talented. And, you know, the the media disrespect on the Bengals is something that I would be furious with if I was a Bengals fan. I would, I'm pretty much a Bengals fan at this point, but uh, the disrespect from the media is honestly sickening because they count you out at every turn. You've got dudes who haven't played good football in 10 years in Bart Scott saying that There's a red dot on Joe Burrow's forehead. He's got a target on him. Like, he's talking about the Ravens like, we, bro, the last team you played for was the Jets. Why aren't you claiming them? Because they're trash. You're clinging on to that relevance the Ravens gave you, but guess what? Ravens have not been a good football team this year. Lamar Jackson made the Pro Bowl with half the amount of touchdowns that Joe Burrow did, but the exact same amount of turnovers and a lot. And that's the thing, but you can see Joe is getting respect from the league because no matter what the media say, like Colin Cowhead and all these other knobheads who sit there and say, <laughs> oh, Joe isn't this good and all this. Oh, look at the turnovers. I don't care. He's had an average amount of turnovers for the amount of touchdowns. Maybe if a couple more, but also his knee was not fully healed until week 13. That, that entire injury is very hard to come back from. And he played still hurt for the first Eleven to thirteen weeks of the season—that was the timetable for him to be a hundred percent healed. We saw he took the brace off for a little bit. Looked like his classic old LSU self, Houdini and out of the pocket. Anything like any pressure that came to him. Uh, but finally, players are taking notice, and that's what really matters because when it comes to free agency, you got a lot of money to burn this off season. And oh yeah, when you speak to free agents, what is the number one thing they want? They want a leader. They want a player they can believe in. So I don't care what the media says. I can listen to these talking heads. You've got to respect Kay Adams, though, who came in the Ruler of the Jungle. She gives oh, yeah. the Bengals... The, the Good Morning Football crew give the Bengals a fair shout consistently. Yep. So you get a fair shout there. But what matters is what the players think. So when this off-season hits... You're going to have some big names coming in because they see what Joe is doing. They see what Chase is doing. See what Logan Wilson's doing. They see this culture of accountability and winning that Zach Taylor is building. Something you mentioned to me before the draft, that you had supreme belief in this culture he was building. People are going to see that and they're going to want to come play football in Cincinnati. I don't care if they have to practice outside. They're paid millions of dollars. You can deal with a little bit of rain and frostbite, my guy. It will be fine. This is a beautiful city to play football in. And now Joe Burrow is here. Are you confident that free agents will be willing to come to Cincinnati because they know it means not only can they play with a Hall of Fame wide receiver in Jamar Chase or Hall of Fame quarterback in Joe Burrow, studs across the roster and the coach and stuff. Are you confident that they will come now because they know they can win a championship with the Cincinnati Bengals?
1: Absolutely, DJ Reader already said that that he wanted to play with Joe Burrow. We've already had guys. Joe Burrow's taking taking guys out to uh, dinner. Uh, you know, Riley Reef uh, went over to Jeff Ruby's. You know, and, and swayed him. I guarantee, everyone's watching. Everybody wants to be part of what we're building. What we're they know we're coming for multiple Lombardies. We will sign one of the absolute biggest offensive linemen free agents we have ever seen in the nfl and they're going to say i'm coming to protect joe burrow absolutely
0: yeah you you told me before the draft that the playoffs is an absolute minimum this year which i agreed with you i thought that's it's it's going to be joe's second year you're going to have a ton of talent around him how do you feel though that even though playoff was a minimum to you how does it feel that this early in Joe's career, your Super Bowl window is w- wide open?
1: I I'm I couldn't be more excited because a lot of people talk about, you know, windows being short because of a rookie deal. But when you look at all the Super Bowl winners, most of those, granted, uh Brady skews the the numbers a bit, but most of those are not quarterbacks on a rookie deal people act like we can't sign Joe. We can't sign. Yes, we can. We can sign everybody. We need to, you know, once these rookie deals come up and we can build a dynasty, the fact that Joe's proving it and, and essentially his first full complete season, Jamar Chase's first, you know, rookie year, uh, breaking records already, you know, we can be at the top of the league for the next 10 years And
0: the Rams and New Orleans have proven that, you know, salary cap doesn't really exist. The Chiefs have proven that, you know, you can kind of do what you want with the salary cap. If you want, if you want to make it fit, you can make it fit. If you need to pay a guy, you can pay a guy. So right now, Cincinnati is in the position to just dominate for, like you said, the next 10 years. And I don't want to put that all on, that's, that's Joe, but Joe was the start he was the first brick you laid and then you got chase on top of that and then more draft picks and more draft picks. And then you've got free agents and eventually you're just going to have this incredible team. And I think it does a lot for the city as well, because the Bearcats we saw, they had a fantastic season this year, put on a great show against Alabama. And despite it being a 21 point loss, the average loss in a college football playoff game is, um, 20.7 20.7 points we saw that last night it was a pretty big gap as well and Alabama is a very good team so so now he's going to bring so much in to this city that it's going to change it's going to change for the Reds it's going to change for the Bearcats the Cyclones I don't even know if they still play it it's going to change it for all these people and it's incredible the impact they've had on people yesterday. Before I uh, before I went to Kentucky, me and my girlfriend, we were in OTR. She was getting a tattoo done. And you see Sinchi shirts. It's all Jamar Chase. It's all Joe Burrow. So the fact that he's had this much of an impact on the city so quickly, and the only negative thing we've heard about him is him saying, there's not much to do. Well, the thing is, Joe, and the problem is, now you're doing this well, there's going to be a lot more things for you to do in this city. Now you're bringing all this talent in around you are you excited for for what's to come not just for the Bengals but for the city over the coming years
1: you know I, it's it's the entire reason that I wanted Joe Burrow when I realized when I when I started watching him his senior season when I was weighing all the options and the the man that he is you know he he proved it with his Heisman speech and and just the words that came from that speech raised so many hundreds of thousands of dollars for people who uh, didn't know where they might get their next meal in the very area that he grew up. It, it, it means so much to the people of Ohio, the presser, post game presser, when, when people are asking what this or that means, and he says, it, it means something because I'm from Ohio, you know, the, the pride in that he's one of us. You know, he, he's, he's had the chip on his shoulder. Yeah, he's 100%. bad takes. He is going to fight. He's going to work hard like so many of us do, like so many of us who've been counted out and dismissed. And everybody says, oh, Ohio's a bunch of farmland. Never been here. You know, we've, we've got tech hubs in, in Columbus and Cincinnati. And there, there's so much. That, you know, there's a lot to do. It's not Vegas. But, you know, it is a great Cincinnati. It's an uh, absolutely phenomenal place to, to live, to party, to raise a family, obviously to watch football. He's showing that Zach instilling that type of team, that type of character, bringing in other types of captains, leaders, winners, like Joe, we're, we're building something that, that is like Zach said, it's sustainable. And it's going to be something that the fans are going to be proud of because we can sustain this type of success. I'm I'm just I'm overjoyed because it's been it's been too long. We've had some bad luck. We could have got lucky if Palmer doesn't get hurt. We could have got lucky if Dalton didn't get hurt. You know, the the other two Super Bowl teams were, you know, seconds away, one play away. We could have we could have four Super Bowl wins right now if just a little bit of luck changed. And I feel like this is more than just luck. You know, so many I mean, we we can't get this lucky this many times in a row. Everything is finally falling together and I'm so excited to see what it does for the fans, the city, everybody on board. I can't
0: wait. I I like that you mentioned his Heisman speech because I have no shame in admitting this. The first time I watched it, I cried my eyes out. It's genuinely one of the most moving things I've ever seen. Seeing That season was was so crazy. As an LSU fan, I've been through so many highs, so many lows, but just seeing what he did on a week-to-week basis, how hard he worked, how, how hard every single member of that team played, and then he gets up on stage, and the first thing he does is, he doesn't thank his coaches. He doesn't pat himself on the back. He doesn't thank all the other millionaires who are paid, uh, you know, millions of dollars a year to just help him for a football. No, he talked about the people of Ohio, the people who matter, the people who, you know, sometimes don't eat uh, for days on end. The, the people who are struggling, the people who don't even have electricity in their house sometimes, because that's a bill they can't afford to pay. So it really speaks to his character that he went out of his way to mention that. And he, and the the support that came in from, from LSU fans and from college football fans around the country and, and raised hundreds of thousands of dollars to make sure that the people in these communities get what they need, they make sure they are not going hungry and they don't have to worry about their next meal, just really speaks to who Joe Burrow has as a person. I think that's really special. Um, it's a really special guy to have on a team. He is an incredible player and an incredible human being. One in a million. Yeah, exactly. And I get emotional talking about him because he is—he means so much to me as an LSU fan. And now that I see a city has adopted him, and I know he's from Ohio, but a city that adopted him, even though there was idiots in the media saying, oh, he should do an Eli Manning. No, that's not Joe. He came here and he doesn't care what the team was when he got here. He's going to turn it into a winning team. And, and I genuinely think, This season's been crazy, but I think now, if Joe gets any better, then we might as well just give him the MVP award on a yearly basis. It doesn't make sense that he's already this good. His ball placement is incredible. He's got the most touchdowns of 30-plus yards in the league. He leads the league in completion percentage. He leads the league in quarterback rating. All these stats that people said he would never do because he's going to Cincinnati – do you feel vindicated that he has balled this hard after you had to endure before the injury, after the injury, before the draft, after you took chase? Are you vindicated now that all these idiots who shit talked and said Burrow wouldn't be shit—he's not going to change anything in Cincinnati—the Bengals is the Bengals? How how vindicated do you feel that he's put that shit to
1: rest and you are finally back to the playoffs? You know, it, it, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster on that just because there, there are times that that I just I, I want to scream out to anybody, you know, walk out the front door and just just let it all out for all of the abuse that, that we've taken. I mean, this is a hobby, but th- this is a hobby. So many of us pour so much time and emotion into and, and when you really start to follow players, it, you know, like you said, you, you see a, a person, a human being of Joe's caliber, you, you want that man to succeed. You want to see that man get what, because you know, anything he gets, he's going to spread out tenfold to people who don't have his voice, who don't have his ability. You, you root for those people. You root for those underdogs that, that the media has tried to just rip apart just because it's quote unquote Cincinnati and I, I want to yell. And then at the same time, I understand, you know what? Most of them have tucked their tail and, and hid, you know, most of them have, have deleted tweets or completely reversed. i got screenshots. Email. Don't worry. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, they, they went back on everything they said with, with barely even like it. it it's amazing if we can hear I was wrong that is a stretch. You know, that's the most we'll get heaven forbid anybody stop and reevaluate why they had so much hate and, and bigotry toward a city that they have probably never been in. You know, none of them will go that far. So at the, at the same time, I I feel vindicated. I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of pissed off. I want to, you know, I want to fly the Eli Manning middle fingers everywhere, but I know it's probably not going to be over. You know, every single misstep, somebody's going to try to pile on. So we as fans, we've got to be Joe Shield, in my opinion. We've got to be this team's shield. We've got to speak out. And we we have social media. Bengals fans on social media are, are getting numerous and loud. And I absolutely love it.
0: Oh, yeah. I, the The Bengals fan base, especially on Twitter. You guys are elite level shit talkers as well. I'm be honest, we, you know, um, Dennis the German Tiger. That oh. abs- that guy goes ham on e- on anyone talking shit on the Bengals, and I can't do anything but rate it. It it's amazing. This fan base is, and you have to deal with bullshit at every single turn. You win convincingly in Week One. It's like, well, they were getting beaten most of the game. It's only the Vikings. Tough game against the Bears. People take the opportunity to shit on you. You go blow for blow with Green Bay. You come back from 21 down against the Jags. But still, there's, oh, well, the Bengals still aren't that good. You beat the piss out of the Ravens twice. Oh, well, we were missing starters. Beat the shit out of the Steelers. Oh, well, Big Ben's not that good. You lose a a, a tough game to the Browns, who then got absolutely annihilated by the New England Patriots a week later. It doesn't matter what you do. Even when you beat Kansas City, the quote-unquote best team in the AFC, you still had detractors trying to look for ways, trying to be like, oh, well, this and that. I don't want to hear it. This fan base has been for enough. And the fact that, this is going to say a lot as well, the second best tailgating experience I've ever had has been with Cincinnati Bengals. Now, first, goes to LSU. Those, those motherfuckers is crazy. i must be honest College with you. Pe- different. Pe- people down there are... Different LSU is like New Orleans Saints doesn't even scratch the surface there, but LSU wow. is a religion. More people watch LSU games than go to church. I am sure it, it, it's ridiculous. They pack a hundred thousand people into the real Death Valley, not that fake one in in Carolina. They pe- pack a hundred thousand people into Death Valley, and they rip they rip rip the roof off. There's no roof, but they they raise the ceiling. Uh, no matter where we're five and five or 12 and oh, it doesn't matter, the fan base goes hard. But then I come to Cincinnati, and you know, first tailgate, I didn't. I turned up a little bit late, so I didn't get to spend as much time. But you and the Bengals bomb squad, very accommodating. Everyone was lovely, got pictures, had a great time. The seats you got me as well, by the way, fantastic. I'm immortalized in a gift because of you. And I got to be in the end zone for my favorite wide receiver catching his first NFL touchdown. And I owe you a lot for that very, very special moment. But then in the um, 49ers game, I went down to, is it Longworth Hall? Where people sometimes tailgate the bigger yep. lot. Longworth, yep. That was a lot of fun. My They're voice was shot before way. I even got in the stadium. I brought my friend yep. John Jake, who you probably see him interact with your your tweets here and there. John Jack Ga- John Jake Gaming. But he came and he, he's yep. been to Bengals games before, but never the crazy tailgate. And we went crazy. I was there with sports with strawberry ice few other Bengals, it was just a great time. And you know Jeff brings incredible energy to a game every single week. I love that man. He, he's great. So I, I had a great time and it, it really speaks to this fan base that you'll get shit on by the media 24-7. You'll be told you're bad. You will have bad seasons. But still, they're in the parking lot, Bud Light and Jello shots in hand screaming who they till their fucking voices give out and I respect that in terms of what I have seen from NFL fan bases over the past few years I've been to a Super Bowl I've been to to Patriots games I've seen fan bases but the Bengals fan base is by far the most incredible fan base because every single person there is bought in it's not like you know Chiefs fans who are like 17 years old and they've only been interested in NFL since Patrick Mahomes' second season in the league, or Patriots fans who are accustomed to winning, or even Browns fans because they're happy when they're dog shit. They love being 0 and 16. That was, <laughs> they love being able to a parade. Exactly. They love being able to grumble. But the Bengals fans have gone through so much shit. Like you, Andy Dalton was good, but he got memed on. The city was kind of always been joked about a little bit in the media unfairly as well I may add but you've kind of been you know there's teams like the Lions exist and people still try and poke holes in the Cincinnati Bengals it's annoying, but still the fan base is so upbeat you are there every single week and I know you're at every single home game it's just a testament to this fan base and how much they believe in this city and do you think any other quarterback could have could have done what he's done for this team in the way Joe Burrow has, because he does have that sort of Bengal fan attitude where he's never going to give up. And he does have a little bit of swagger about him. We see him with the gun fingers and he's smoking a cigar in the locker room. Is that really what you think is, is that the type of guy you needed to turn this franchise around a type of guy who's an Ohio boy, He's got swagger. He's got confidence and also is a
1: very, very good football player. Is that what you needed? Absolutely. You know, the, the NFL and, and so many other people try to pit Herbert versus Burrow and and they they can both be amazing at the same time. You know, a, a lot of people don't realize that, but I would not pick uh, Herbert over Burrow uh, if only for the attitude, the personality, Uh, you know, Herbert does not seem like the same type of guy and, and he's a perfect fit. I feel like a little bit more laid back, uh, you know, chargers West coast, whereas burrow, you know, I, I I hate to use the cliche salt of the earth, but you know, burrow is one of us, you know, I I can see burrow helping set up a tailgate at, at 9.00 AM pregame. If he swung by, you know, I could see him tossing some money into a hat. You know, we we raise funds and, and pick somebody's hat to to pile the money. You know that that that's Burrow. Uh, he's got that chip on his shoulder. He's been counted out so many times. He's he's seen you know highs and lows. He's seen a lot of lows in the area he grew up in, and he he carries that with him. We all do. You know, it it, it just won't leave us. Uh, that's why sometimes I I, I get it. Some of the fans get uh, a little angry you know, when things don't go, go well. And, and the ones that, that are hanging on but have expressed that frustration, it's where it comes from. You know, being counted out too many times, seeing things not quite go right when it was so close, you know, to, to, to hitting the promised land. And, and just, again, having to hang our heads and, and witness another disappointment. You know, that, that's the story of so many people's lives and now Bur- Burrows here and not only does he have that grit, but he's got that swagger and I'm sorry the city of Cincinnati's got swagger too. We have high paying tech jobs, we have. Hey, I ran into Nick Lachey over at uh, Taste of Belgium walking in. You know, we've got famous people coming from Cincinnati. We've got famous people living in Cincinnati. We've got phenomenal businesses based in Cincinnati, headquartered in Cincinnati, great entrepreneurs, uh, you know, from from Jeff Ruby to uh, Candace Matthews Brackeen, you know, uh, fundraising, uh, raising money to invest in minority businesses that no one else, everyone else is overlooking. And she, she's pulling people up and, and, and making the city better. I mean, we are filled with success story after success story. Downtown, that riverfront. you know, you, I saw Cleveland in the draft, and there's a stadium and factories. You, you go down to Cincinnati, and it's like five-star hotels. You've got the taste great of Belgium, not a hundred yards from yeah, the stadium. Dora. We can, we can walk around and drink and enjoy and party. Holy Basically trail. the UK in Dora. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. We, we, we need that. See, I, I need some place that's going to serve me Jaffa cakes and a nice English breakfast at Dora. you, you got to make that happen. That's gonna- that's business idea.
0: I'm going to open up the Taste of England but it's going to just be like lukewarm tea and cigarette stained <laughs> breakfast. It's going to be terrible we're not going to do much business. But we'll put we'll put a rose lavelle mural outside. Everyone will love it. But the the, o- the only problem I have with Cincinnati is the Rosa put pepperoni under the cheese in pizza and that's always a problem for me. And there's not enough white castles because I know you and Jess kind of have to drive out of your way sometime to find a white castle after games, but Let's talk about you guys being kings of the north because moments after that field goal was kicked, not only did I blow my voice box out, even though I was at home with just my dog and two cats, who I scared the shit out of, by the way, <laughs> when I screamed at the TV. When I went to let the dog out afterwards, I'm, I'm stood on the porch and I'm having a smoke and I can hear people <laughs> screaming who day like people are out of their houses on their porches, Goodness. screaming who day each other. I've got an NFL player living on, a former NFL player living on my street. Um, he must have been so confused, bless him. Like he's, he, <laughs> he's come here from Texas and all he can hear now is who they, who, who like the day he's moved here. So all this happened. Everyone's super happy. You were there when Money Mac, that's the name now, Money Mac kicked that field goal. What was the immediate emotion when you realized it was good. And that was it. You were kings of the
1: north. You you know you know that unexpected moment when you're 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 happy. It it almost feels inappropriate. And then the just this surge of I mean it's happening now, the surge of emotion just just hits you, wells up, and you can feel the pressure behind your eyes. And and you're you just you're fight fighting back tears where. You know, it's either going to be an, an all out just downpour, or you're, you're you're going to get caught with with the bloodshot eyes. Um, you know, my 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 lip quivered. I I mean, I already told uh, the wife, I we win this. I'm I'm going to cry, and and I, I said that to try to not cry because it was a, it was a you know second to last game, the penultimate game of the year. You're and- playing the de facto. Best team yeah. in the league. Essentially, you know, we clinched the North. It's not even the playoffs. I don't need to be crying, but I cried. I, I, I hugged her. I looked on the field. There, there were moments where I just, I looked at these guys and I'm clapping and I just, the amount of pride because, you know, I, I was there. I'll never forget my, my, my infatuation was Zach Taylor. The, the, Post game pressers, the things that he said that, that I didn't get to hear from Marvin. You know, I could tell his intelligence. Um, I, I dug in his background some, and you know the, the the family that he has, the family he married into, the relationship with his wife. You know, I, I don't it, not in a creepy way at all, but you could tell he has the support, he has the backing, he is surrounded by intelligent. Hard working people, which says a lot to me about him. You know, you don't get, you, you don't get a, trust me, I, I'm saying this from experience. You don't get a phenomenal, successful, beautiful wife by being a slouch. You know, the fact that my wife is so amazing, I think reflects on how hard I had to work to get her. <laughs> I'll so, make sure she
0: sees this clip.
1: There you go. And uh, him coming off the field uh, for the uh, Arizona Cardinals loss when, when we had it and just, just ugly things fell apart and it got away from him and the emotion, the pain on, on his face. And, and he still, he, you know, I I shouted something. He still looked up and it it almost looked like he was fight back tears. Then he, it really hurt him. He wants to do well for this city. He knows how much it means to the city, to the fans, you know, to, to alumni, to players watching, cheering us on who have long since retired, he knows what it means, and it, it really hurt him. I guarantee he didn't get sleep that night. And then that first win against the Jets, the fact that all of the me yelling from my seats and him giving a thumbs up and whatever and and our eyes locked and, and I got a high five. I've never had that kind of interaction with a coach and, you know, they, they talked about post game, what it meant for him and the fans. And he said, you know, the, the, the fans that stick through, you know, with us through thick and thin, you know, those are the ones that, that you're really happy to get those wins for. And it, that, that all came flooding back because here we are now all these fans in the stands, all these people who, who waited it, it was ugly early. We knew Joe would come back, but, I mean, I, I heard about people turning their TV off. I heard about media people saying, oh, you, you lost it in the f- first quarter, not realizing you can never count Joe Burrow out until the, oh, the look clock get zero. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we, we we were there, we're standing there, and we did it. When everyone said he was, he was one of the leading candidates to get fired in all the uh, uh, sports betting, you know, all, all the sports books, And now he's one of the leading candidates to get coach of the year. Well-deserved, by the way. That is a turnaround that that I identify with. You know, I I was an underachiever in school. I dropped out of college three times. Uh, I got my degree in my mid-30s. I finally went back because it killed me that I wasted all that time and spent all that money without any paper to, to prove it. Um, I identify with that being counted out again. It's that that Ohio theme, that Midwestern grit, that Cincinnati that, that everybody has embodied. And I couldn't help but cry. And I want to say, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, yo, no, you're fine. That's it.
0: No. And I want to say about Zach Taylor. So one of my girlfriend's friends, she is his nanny, not for him, obviously for his kids, but (laughs) um... my goodness. She speaks about, like, what a nice guy he is. He'll come from, you know, he won the AFC North straight to his son's basketball game because that's what's important to him. And that's the family he's building for the Cincinnati Bengals. But I hear from her, like, what a great daddy he is, how much he cares, how the fact that he will come home from a tough, tough loss or an incredible, incredible win, but the first thing he does straight sits down with his kids. If they're not in bed because it's too late, he's straight there with his kids, spending time with his family. And look at look at the oh, some idiots as well talking about oh he's crying winning the AFC. Yeah. Bro, no, what are you supposed to do if yeah. he showed no emotion? You'd shit on him for that too. Yep. Let the man be happy because. In 2019, when LSU won, I cried my fucking eyes out when we beat Clemson. I, I'm gonna be honest; that game was over before you know the final whistle went. Joe Burrow You're threw bad. five touchdowns, and um, so it was. I was I was crying in the fourth quarter, but I, I cried my eyes out because so it was just incredible, and the atmosphere in the stadium that night was ridiculous. So I I was just weeping, and there was an LSU fan next to me. Never met him. We just held each other. Like, literally just like, bro, this is the greatest moment of my life. But you see that now. And I I feel like, I mean, look, in the stadium, I've had my arms around big, sweaty men I've never met before. (laughs) Chanting Joe Burrow's name. Like like I told you before we came on air, when Jamar Chase caught that, you know, turned Brashad Breland to a burnt toast. Crisped him. Disgusting play. Just Amazing first thing I did was turn around to a Bengals fan behind me and said, chase can't fucking catch. No. And then we, we high-fived and got super fucking pumped and it's amazing. And that's what I like about Zach. He's built this culture. He is a family man and the team is an extension of that. It's an extension of who he is as a person and he doesn't let people off the hook. He preaches accountability, but he's not maybe a Bill Belichick where he'll sit there and chew a guy out. He'll just say, this is what you need to do to get better. This is what you need to do next time. And it it's just amazing to see. And I, I've always had a soft spot for the Bengals. Uh, they, they, as long as I've been watching football, yeah, they've made it to the playoffs and stuff, but they've always kind of been counted out, which is why I've always had a soft spot for them. And the fact that I moved to Cincinnati and a month later, my favourite football player of all time in Joe Burrow arrives here, then it's another one of my favourite guys in Jamar Tace. Everything just... Just falls into place perfectly, and it's so great to see. I'm, I've been, ch- I've watched more Bengals game than Patriots games this year, and I'm a Patriots fan. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much just going to have to say I'm a Bengals fan at this point because, you know, I wore a Borough jersey, uh, an LSU Borough jersey. His, you remember the jersey he wore on um, Senior Night at LSU? Yeah, yep. that spelling. Or, or, yeah, I wore that out last night in Kentucky. We went to a a private. It was like some bowling place in Newport. It was like a private function thing. So it was only people who my girlfriend worked with. Everyone's vaccinated, which was a a relief. I do not like going out in public too much right now. But everyone there said, oh, that's a sick jersey. And then somebody who'd already seen the back was like, turn around, show them the back. I got so much love for that jersey. Everyone who saw it was like, yo, that is fucking amazing. So the fact that people in Cincinnati just vibe with Joe Burrow so much. And the amount of people who come up to me when I'm wearing LSU, like I've got a Jack Besh shirt that said, Besh, I'm from Louisiana. Every time someone sees that, at least one person will come and be like, Yo, man, i got to say thank you for Joe Burrow. Like yeah. I like I did anything, yeah. but um <laughs> it's it's just so great to see and i do get emotional talking about it because this is a team that's like i said you have been counted out but you really have proved proven everyone wrong but i think it's only fair now that we go over the predictions that we made just before the draft because yeah we had victory lap yeah we had some spicy ones I took them all down earlier. Uh, I re-listened to the show, and I took down the best predictions. So the first thing you actually said when talking about the upcoming season was playoffs is the bare minimum. Was there any point in this season where you thought that this wouldn't happen?
1: No. And and only because even during our our mistake games, you know, uh, we, we overlooked the Jets. It lingered into the Browns, but it was still early enough. You know, Joe, Joe throwing that ball just a little too inside to chase and Ward, you know, taking it the other direction. I know Joe throws a better ball uh, 99 on the, the, the next 99 throws. No no doubt in my mind. I'm like, okay, there, there's different things lingering. You know, the receivers still have to kind of understand what he wants, the offensive line still has to feel, okay, where is our dude going to bail? You know, some of that you can't just talk about. You've got to feel. And they're starting to pick up that feel on what Joe's going to do, that internal clock, and what Joe's going to try to do if they, they let their guy off to the left or to the right. Now they're getting to know, okay, this is what he's going to do. I knew that would come. Um, we had been relatively healthy. So I'm like, okay, as long as we're relatively healthy, it, we're, we're not gonna have perfect health. We, we probably were middle of the pack, maybe closer to the top, like the rest of the division has been for the past four years while we've been at the bottom. Um, we got that luck and hey, as long as you've got Joe Burrow slinging it, as long as you've got receivers making plays like Chase, uh, you know, we've got enough, we, we've been through uh, some depth at defense and still played well enough to win games. That's all we need. So, no, I, I, I knew we we were in it to the very end. And I figured it would come down to the, the last game and we clinched early. Yeah. And then we both
0: said that the AFC North is looking like the best or toughest division in football. And despite Lamar Jackson having a down year and that sex offender in Pittsburgh having the arm strength of a wet noodle, still a very tough division. But you've yeah, out, you, out, outshone everyone outside of that Browns game.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, if if we don't beat the Ravens and the Steelers, you know, the the, the Ravens are probably also in the playoffs. And then the Browns, if, if they had better luck on one game, maybe two games, we could have sent the entire division in. So people talking about, oh, well, you know, I, I've seen people try to say the North was weak. No, it, partly weak because we went – Uh, almost undefeated. I'm not counting that last Browns game because our backups played, but you know, Hey, we, we could have uh, just lost one the entire way. It's because of us. We led the way. Yeah. Um,
0: Next point we talked about already. The, the culture Zach Taylor is building that that's been evident towards the end of the podcast. After I pled my case for Jamar chase, brilliant rhyme. Um, we both agreed that that was the right choice to the point where you said if you had to hand in your fan card, if you screwed up the pick, you would bet on Jamar Chase. You happy that you made that
1: prediction now? Oh, yes. Oh, you know what? And I didn't even know what I was getting into. Uh, if, if you recall, you know, I was impressed with his pro day, which swung me his direction. But I was still holding on to the fact that, you know what? Offensive line's important. I would hate to lose out on a generational offensive lineman, but I was leaning toward you gave enough points. And, and those points that you made, we saw. You know, when, when he can take, you know, he, he'll find a spot uh, in the zone to sit and he's got it. And and I, we're counting what, five, six, seven guys around him in position to make a tackle and he's gone. Track that mate. is speed you can't time. That is instinct. He, he, he caught another gear where, you know, Bengals fans of old know Chris that Henry. was scary. Carson Palmer said he, it was impossible to overthrow Chris Henry because no matter how much you overthrew him, he would find a gear to track the ball down. It was amazing because he didn't time that way. Jamar Chase didn't necessarily time that way. But he hit that gear and took off. And, like, that. that's the man. He is spun out of tackles. Made people look silly. The announcer said, put him in a blender. And yeah, that's he every time the Lord I after it, he gritted on him. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. He'll he'll moss you. He'll spin away from you. He'll outrun you. Uh, there are so many ways Jamar Chase can beat multiple defenders on that field. He is a threat to score every single time the ball is near him. And and, and we've seen things happen where, you know, it's a tip and he still catches it you know he can score anywhere on the field at any time he was absolutely right pick you you nailed it
0: i'm, I'm gonna hit you with two of the predictions that, that i gave uh the first one was that within his first three years in the league he was going to break 85 single season receiving you, you know yardage record did that this season uh, <laughs> i know he had an extra game but you know, he also had a couple of lackluster games where he easily could have got 10 to 15 more yards because uh, he only oh, yeah. had what 12 yards in his final game of the season. He they bought him on for that quick dump off, and yep. that was it. Um, I also said that Chase makes the Bengals a playoff team, could have been right. There's other players on the team, of course, but um, we also talked that no matter how good this team is, even if you went undefeated, you said you would still get an unfair shake from the media do you still feel like that's the case or do you feel like with now like k adams and the good morning football crew finally being one of those outlets to give you give you the credit you deserve to be honest do you think the media is going to kind of start turning this way as you win more and win more
1: you know i i i can't give good morning football and the entire crew enough credit i love every single one of them um they it looked like they really honestly took the time to research what we were building uh, before they started uh, spitting out their takes. And, and they were giving us love from the very beginning. They are the only ones that took the time to do it. And it it just blows my mind. And I'm so appreciative of, of every single one of them because they, they helped. I, I wish that the show was on more local channels and and more people saw that. It, it might be enough to sway public opinion and put pressure on, you know, other outlets to come on board, too. But, you know, hats off to them. Uh, you know, I feel like the 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 love lately with everyone else has come too late. You know, uh, uh, Colin Coward w- was finding excuses to hate in the middle of the year. If you're willing to pile on right after that Browns game, and give us zero uh, thought to win going to Vegas. You know, yeah, I, I'm not going to listen to those people who, who who did that, who are now on the bandwagon saying this is an exciting team. No, no shit. Really? This is an exciting. Yeah, we knew that. I mean, I always tweet about that before the season kicked off. When you started, you know, counting out, I lost fingers at the number of skill positions that we could could have big days at any point in time. I mean, we're absolutely loaded. We just needed a little bit of luck like every other Super Bowl team has pretty much had that we get to keep most of our skilled players and score some points. We did that. So I still think that there's a chip on my shoulder. I think all Bengals fans will agree. You know, there's still going to be people taking shots at us. They're there going to be people picking the Raiders Saturday. I guarantee it. There's going to be some ugly stuff that comes out that we're going to pile on. They're going to regret it. So, Oh, Dennis is going to be working overtime. Oh, Dennis is the man with that. He is the pit bull because he hits
0: people with facts. It's so great. Um, but you know, I've never trusted Colin Cowherd ever since he changed his opinion on Trey Lance based on his daughter now dating him. That was just a um, uh, whole weird. You said that Burrow would potentially play at an all pro level this year if he uh, if his knee was healthy. We know it hasn't been healthy all year, just because he wore the brace for eleven weeks. Do you feel like he's played close to all pro level though? Because I think he has.
1: I, I think I think it's all pro. I absolutely think it's all pro. You know, you, you look at the, the recovery and now that he's playing at the level that he's been playing at, um, and not just the past two games, which are just absolutely insane. I, I, I would have never imagined to see, you know, th- those numbers put up. But, you know, when you when you look at what he finally started doing, once he got healthy, it's really easy to look back and see at those games like, OK, yeah, there were still some effects. There was still a little bit of a pitch count. You know, he was still getting acclimated to being back there, getting hit. And game speed is pro. so different. Absolutely all pro. You know, I, I've I've loved so many quarterbacks that have played for, for the Bengals. And we have been so lucky, despite the media saying that there's some, that's where quarterbacks go to die. The absolute opposite's been true. We've had some of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game in Cincinnati. And we have been very stable overall at that position. Far longer than 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 teams like the the Jets and the Dolphins, you know, the, apparently the the better places to go. We have been better at quarterback, but Joe Burrow, the the, the throws he makes, the attitude he takes, you the the team has said it that that they take on his personality. I think at Jonah Williams today and today's presser said, you know, we feed off of Joe as they and, should. And, and, Absolutely, as they should, because he is wired that way. Uh, he, he's born to be this guy. You know, the, the movie, after all the Super Bowls that they win, the book and the movie about Zach, about Joe, about this team, I, I can't wait to watch because it's going to be amazing.
0: Yeah, it, it's incredible. And that respect is earned. You know what I mean? You don't yep. just get given respect just because you're the quarterback or just because you're the you're the number one draft pick. You still have to go in and earn it, and he's done that. But before we wrap up and do plugs, I've got to ask a final question because we talked about in the first podcast. If you win the Super Bowl, do we get a return of the jersey tucked into the cargo shorts? You know
1: what? Whatever you want. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes! Jersey tucked into cargo shorts. Uh, I've had people talk about shaving the beard, shaving my head. Dude, I, I seriously, what I, I absolutely everything's on the table. I, I know I'm getting some un, unbelievable tattoos of faces. I've got planned, I'm not going to say yet, but yes. I'm, I'm, if you
0: win a Super Bowl, I think it would be incredible if you shave the beard but you took charity donations and then donated that money to the Joe Burrow Foundation. I think if you are going to do it,
1: don't That's just do it just because you won a
0: Super Bowl. Yeah, but I, I, I'll easily give you 50 bucks. And I'm sure pretty much every Bengals fan out there would be happy to donate 5, 10, even 100 bucks, some of them that you can give to the Joe Burrow Foundation as a just a small token of your appreciation for what we he's done do for live. the city.
1: And and I, I'll have clippers and every donation that comes in, I'll take a swipe and we'll just we'll all night long. You know, I'd be a hell
0: of you'd be drunk as hell as well. If you just won the Super Bowl, <laughs> that beard would be coming off in, in chunks for sure. But I, I, I think if you're going to shave your beard, at least that's a way to do it. That's the way to do it. And, and I absolutely. think, absolutely, you know, that's the foundation that I've given money to. I'm pretty sure everyone in Cincinnati's donated yep. at least a I little have bit. If you yep. are. If you are going to do it, I think that's the perfect way to do it. But thank you for coming on today. I appreciate you giving up your time. I appreciate that you're a busy man. Me. And I love being able to chat with you. You are a guy who I invited on here because I was, you know, a fan of what you did and what you stood for and, and become a, a friend of mine. And I really appreciate you taking me in, getting me to games, and just letting me experience that Bengals fan experience. So I really do appreciate that, and if you've got anything upcoming that you want to talk about, give us your Twitter handle, what you've got going on. I know you do Victory Mondays as well on the Stro- uh, Sports of Strawberry Ice Show, so so just plug anything you need to.
1: Well, basically, it's uh, at Bengals Captain. Uh, anywhere you look, uh, that is probably legitimately me. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram um i'm uh, i'm on twitch i'm not doing anything yet i've got a youtube not doing anything yet but the the name's out there bengal's captain easy to find
0: yeah and you can follow me at the himbo f10y keep your eyes peeled we are working our asses off On the draft guide right now, I've watched so much Desmond Ritter, so much Source Gardener, so much Kobe Bryant. I'm having a lot of fun doing it. And, And we'll be having some updates for you guys very, very soon. But thank you very much for joining me. I do appreciate you being here. And as always, guys, we will see you in the next one.